Welcome to the Poet and the Reader podcast. If you like chatting about all things bookish, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Shanice. And I'm Vina, and welcome to our Latinx Heritage Month TBR episode. I'm very excited, and I hope you are too. Um, so we have a very, I think it's exciting to do this. It's very, um, what's the word? I, ambitious, I guess, because I'm a slow reader and you are not. And I, if I read five books a month, I'm like drowning. <laughs> but you're Yo, like, let me tell you something you about are not. this ambitious ass like TBR that Vina was like, as we were driving <laughs> from Connecticut, she's like, oh, you should read this book. Oh, this book, uh, this book. I'm like, okay. Because I know on, you have that minute. power. I know you have that power. I don't have the power. <laughs> uh, they're going to find out when you tell us how many books you've read since the last episode. <laughs> I can't. I can't tell you that because I don't know. Anyway. Uh, It's so impressive. Um, So, yes, we're going to follow, I think, two different bingo cards that we found on Instagram by Latinx accounts. And mine is going to be way smaller than yours. Spoiler alert. Mine's going to be the more complex one, yeah. (laughs) Indeed. Because Vina thinks I can read a bunch of books in a month and I can't. I believe in you. Um, Okay. But, yeah. So I guess before we hop into our last reads and current reads, we're just going to touch base on our last episode because the feedback, I don't know if you got the same feedback, but a lot of people are like, you guys sound tired and we wanted to say so much, but we were so exhausted that I don't know if our points came across as we wanted them to. Um, We want this episode to completely focus on Latinx. Please don't take that away from it, but... um, TJR is still a point of conversation, still right. to this point. Um, so when we recorded the episode, we did not, um, we had not listened to the GMA interview because obviously that was the next day. Um, and she's done a few interviews since, and they've asked her about yeah. Carrie being Latinx. Um, and I know you had some thoughts. So if you wanted to share with me, because well, I haven't heard these thoughts either. <laughs> yeah. So like, I just have like just. But these are, this is like not, this is like kind of what I wanted to say in, um, in Connecticut, but I was just too tired to like really sit down with my thoughts. And I think like, I have like some, some thoughts about it. So Mm -hmm. as a bookseller working in 2012 to 2015, and then like a reader most of my life to now, I see how much change has happened, but it's not enough. And we make up less than 10% of authors and that's bunching bunching us up with Hispanic authors and if you know the difference between Latin American and Hispanic Hispanic is people from Spain so like that's different mm-hmm. um I'm frustrated with big corporations and publishing I'm frustrated with that as a Latinx authors and poets and storytellers we are overlooked or not recognized because instead of telling about traumas we just want to write stories about happy latinx people or loving Mm -hmm. latinx people i'm frustrated that when i was a kid i thought i had to change my name to assimilate and i'm happy or rather rejoicing in the fact that genesis who is my goddaughter um she's 12 years old and she is a writer and she has books and books filled with stories and has character arcs and does animation and she doesn't necessarily feel like me because mm-hmm. it's rather slowly have gotten better. And I'm trying to do my job as a writer, as a reader, as a mentor, and as a bookstagrammer and or, you know, like our podcast, we're making sure mm-hmm. that not only does Genesis or other people can see that our names are worthy of being seen as being published and being celebrated. 
in all, mm-hmm. this is a corporation issue. TGR mm-hmm. said that her book shouldn't take priority over other BIPOC writers because it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. If she writes an ethnicity, and I'm talking about the Good Morning America episode, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, interview she had. She says that her books shouldn't take priority over BIPOC writers, which it shouldn't. If she writes any ethnicity, her book is still written and created by a white woman. And that's how it should always be categorized. And she recognizes that. And you have authors who don't do this. But she mm-hmm. has a bookstagram takeovers. She recognizes and uses her privilege to continue further and uplift BIPOC writers. And as a writer in general or in any career, you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. It's not common for people to play fair. It's not common that people are going to be like, oh, I'm good at my job, but look at this other person for a promotion. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Publishing companies need to change and we need to figure out a solution a clear and concise solution that a Mm -hmm. majority of latinx bipac consumers are going to do this so that we can affect the change look at the huge influence of tiktok it's gotten authors published it's gotten books to become republished let's Mm -hmm. stop making it about the authors and take it on the people in fucking charge because they are the ones that have the control not the authors an Mm -hmm. author's job is to write a fucking book not even a good one Their job Mm -hmm. is to entertain you with their words. And as long as they've entertained one person, they've done the minimum of their job. Mm -hmm. So that's like my thing. Like, (laughs) just like, let's all come up with a concise like thing that we can all agree on and be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to hold the people in charge responsible, not the authors. Mm. That was, yeah, that was a mic job. That was amazing. (laughs) I I couldn't agree more, honestly. And I feel like everyone is getting lost in like, how do I explain this? By us focusing on one author, we're not thinking the big picture of taking into account the people behind this author. You know what I mean? Like she got to this point because maybe it's possible that she got this far because she's white that's completely possible um but i feel like there's so many authors that deserve the energy that we're giving to tjr and i mean that in even the negative ways um does that make sense series (laughs) exactly and i feel american dirt yeah like we we forgot about that so quickly like that energy that we have right now should have been geared towards these other problematic authors and even at the event that we went to in connecticut when they the i think it was a uh, an audience audience question about books that she recommends and she even recommended i think most of them were bipoc books and yeah. and on her instagram she's had mm-hmm. that, that's what i was saying in the um in the mic drop is that like what she does, she does not have to do. Right. In right. any career, you do not have to shine the light to another person. Right. But she does She she does that. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying, oh, that gives her brownie points. Like, no, but like, recognize when somebody is being harmful to our community and when somebody is not being harmful to our community. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. just because a writer writes outside of their ethnicity, their race, their culture does not mean that they're doing it in a wrong way. Mm-hmm. And then you have people that are saying like, oh, you know, she shouldn't be writing outside of her 
ethnicity, culture, race. And then those same people are saying, oh, if she did write outside of her ethnicity, culture, and race, she should have done it as more of a, more than a personality trait, saying like, oh, she's more than Argentinian, go into like her being Argentinian. But that's the exact opposite of what you just said you didn't want her to do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what do you want her to do? What do you, right. what do you want authors like her to do? Yeah. As a writer, I feel like it's different. Like as a consumer, you can choose what you want to buy, what you don't want to buy. Mm-hmm. As a writer... We can choose what we want to write and what we don't want to write. And if a writer says, okay, I'm going to write from another point of view or, like, I'm going to write something that, you know, I've never... I'm going to explore something. Like, that's not without... That's not out of the range of their creative authority. They're mm-hmm. allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Are they doing it in a way that is, um, you know, is wrong against the culture? That's the question. And also, right. that should go up to... That should be a publishing issue. Like, hey, that's not... That's offensive what you did in American Dirt. Like, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be writing that shit. You need mm-hmm. to, like, go home and, like, produce another draft of, of something different. Or, like, don't even... This book shouldn't have even made it through the ranks. Should not have even made it through Oprah's people. Should not have mm-hmm. even made it as big as it was. That's right. the issue. Yeah. Taylor Jenkins Reid wrote the story and has been marketing the story as a woman that is coming back from a long time of being a tennis star. Mm-hmm. She's not saying, oh, this person is Latin. Like, it's not the focus of the book. The focus of the book is her being a woman. Mm. Yep. You know? So. Yep. I totally agree with you. And diversity in book publishing isn't just about writers. It's about the people that work behind the scenes. Right. If you're hiring white people behind the scenes, your books are going to turn out white. And exactly. we have a com- we had a conversation with Marie, who works in publishing. Um, so we were talking to her about uh, someone that we know, who dear customer of mine, who helped so much, like before the store even opened. Um, she has worked in publishing for decades and decades, and she. Yeah, I even met her, which is. Which is crazy because, like, I didn't even know that me and Vina knew the same person. I know. When you said that, I was like, wait, what is she talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But that just goes to show, like, she is in everything revolving publishing. Um, And she's very supportive of writers and BIPOC writers. And she's an editor and also has a podcast. Um, And, yeah, she is huge her name is jen baker and she worked in at penguin random house for a bit and then went to harper collins and you guys can follow her on twitter she was laid off unexpectedly and she was the second woman of color who was laid off in within months and we really don't know what's going on behind the doors of publishing and who took her place and like there's so much wrong with the industry that it's going to take a very long time to fix it. And right. it's not going to be TJR's job to do that. <laughs> I'm very sorry, but it's not. It's not. So no, I know we've, and, you know. and I'm not, and I'm saying like, it's not, it's not TJR. We're just using her as an example, yeah. but like, it's not an author's job to change. Yeah. The industry. An industry. Yeah. Like it is the industry's pro- like, it's the industry's like problem. It's not author's problems. Like it's like, if you go to Starbucks and then you yell at an employee for the prices being raised, mm-hmm. raised, mm-hmm. that's not their job. They're not doing marketing. They're there to sell you the product and that's it. Right. Like, they're not the face of the company. Right. You know? So, like, it, it's kind of like, it's big corporation issues. It's, it's, like, out of the control of, like, the, the little like the little guy, quote-unquote, because, like, you know, they make more money than me, the fuck. 
Um, but yeah, I guess that's all we got to talk about this at this point. Um, yeah. but as- and I didn't want to, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I didn't want to like have it focused on TGR. I'm just using her as an example. Mm-hmm. I want to say like, it's an issue of like publishing Latinx, like Latinx, um, uh, writers mm-hmm. are not being like represented in, in publishing. Right. And also Vina has gone to publishing events since she was, mm-hmm in them young years and how did do you see a change now like how how was how has the change how has the change been you know to me it has not because uh when i started going to big events like book expo um mm-hmm. the ratio of black and people of color is the same as when i was like 19 and I am not 19 right now, guys. <laughs> um, so, and and the, the events that I went to just this past summer, I went to Arizona and I could count how many people in one hand were of color. So it it yeah. has not changed at all. Um, and that's sad. Yeah, yeah. Like if that's there if there sad. is a change, I'm not seeing it. Or they're not sending, yeah. they're not sending people of color to events that they should be attending. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and this is people behind the behind, not people like authors. These are right. Like these are these are um, who, yeah the people in the in the back room, shall we say? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No. So like, in order for change to happen, we have to have like, of course, a white authors are going to take priority or a black um, BIPOC writers because there's white people working Mm -hmm. and they're only going to say, they're only going to read books that, and this is just in general, you're only going to read books or like, you're only going to like, uh, have a special kindling to books that, you know, that have like, uh, what is it? Like, uh, you have, like, you see yourself in Mm -hmm, the book. mm -hmm. Vina, you should talk about Mm -hmm. that. Remember? Mm -hmm. When you were in, um, when you were trying to get into publishing and you changed your name. Oh, I, I have talked about it. <laughs> uh, but you want me to oh, okay. well, talk about talk it again? Okay, well, let's talk about that shit again. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, say it again. Um, for the new people, for the people in the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I can share this story again. Um, if you guys want to listen back to that episode, it's one of our, I think one of our top five episodes ever. Um, but basically, I went to college for English and publishing and... We were submitting our resumes to be, <laughs> this is funny, it's for an internship. Like, it's not even a job, it's for just an internship. Um, and I was sending out my resume with my full name, um, and I just wasn't hearing anything back. And I, I don't know what made me think of this, but I'm like, let me just send my nickname, which is Vina, and see what happens. And it was a drastic difference. <laughs> From my full name mm-hmm. to my nickname. And it's because a part of me wants to think it's just easy for them to say. And they're like, I don't know how to say this. So I don't want to call this person. So I'm going to call this person. And it's also in the back of my mind. I'm like, oh, they probably think I'm not fluent or I don't know, educated enough for the position. So it's, I don't know. Like right. I'm making assumptions, obviously. Um, but like, we're making assumptions, but that is a hell of a co-winky thing. Yeah, of course. And it's like, it's it's uh, it feels like it was on purpose. You know what I mean? Like, for me to not get any yeah. calls and then all of a sudden I send them a different resume with the same qualifications. It's just my name is easier to pronounce. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the, the short 
version of the story, but you guys can listen back to the episode. Yeah. Um, and there's always like questions in back of my mind is like, oh, like, oh, if am I not getting published because of my name? Mm-hmm. Like my name is Shawnee's Cruz. Like not a lot of people are going to be like, you know, mm. I don't know. People make assumptions over, over me. Like, um, yeah. but like the way that I speak and the way that I write are two different yeah. things. Like Cass thought, like I wrote a certain uh, poetry I don't know what she thought. She just didn't think like I wrote the way that I wrote. And like, if anybody has seen like my writing or yeah, we've heard you know, it like, on has the podcast, heard me outside yeah. of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying like for new listeners or whatever, mm-hmm. like if people who, cause I haven't shared a poem on here in like a few episodes, but, um, if like you're new or whatever, like you haven't heard my poetry, mm-hmm. like it's way different than how I sound mm-hmm. and even how I sound. And that's just code switching there. Like, yeah. you know, but um, I'm, it's always in the back of my mind when I'm, like, applying for publishing jobs. Like, oh, is, is my name not, mm. you know, it, you know, yeah. whatever. And then it makes me, like, want to have the most Spanish name when I finally get published. Like, I'm going to change my shit <laughs> to, like, both me and Cass's last name. Uh. So the fuck is going to be Spanish as hell. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, we want to hear your thoughts. We haven't – I've heard a couple people, but not not a lot. And if we're in the wrong, like, yeah, tell us. I, I, I I want to know if we're <laughs> steering you wrong. I don't know. I don't think we are, but I could be sure. I mean, I don't think, like, I don't know. Cause like, I just feel as a writer that it's not wrong to write outside of your ethnicity, your race, your whatever. Mm-hmm. And I keep making this point because like you're a writer, your job is to explore things that, you know, that may not be something that you've done or like mm-hmm. you know about you know and that's your job as a writer to research to do the work to like put an effort and like to be a good writer and like produce these stories like even if Jeanette Cummings like wrote the story over again and like made it less like offensive mm. a bad writer is going to produce a story that is like American Dirt mm. you know a good a good writer is going to produce stories like you know, another writer who's going to write outside of their ethnicity, their race, like, you know, look at Alyssa Cole. She wrote from a perspective of a white man, mm. like, you know, mm-hmm. and she's a black woman. Like, that is our job as writers to, right. like, write outside of, like, our, our of us. Yeah. But we want to hear from you guys. So if you have thoughts on the matter, just reach out through Instagram or email us. <laughs> yes. Um. But yeah, let's move on because it's 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 Latinx Heritage yes. Month, and we we gotta we gotta represent. <laughs> yes. Um, so what? I guess I should do my last reads first because you're gonna blow me out of the water. So. <laughs> no, I'm not. I mean, I just I was lazy, so. You lazy. Know. Oh my god. Anyway, I finished. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned it briefly on our last episode, the very unhinged middle of the night episode. Um, but I read how not to drown in a glass of water by angie cruz and absolutely loved it it comes out tomorrow this episode is not going out tomorrow but tomorrow is the 13th (laughs) um and i'm already like prepping my nails to match the cover because you know how i do um (laughs) i love this book and i want to ask you something but let me tell readers what it's about again so it's about cara romero and she thought she was going to work at a factory of little lamps for the rest of her life but in her mid-50s, she loses her job in the Great Recession. Uh, this story, the way it was written, it was so cool. It was 12 counseling sessions, job counseling sessions. And she recounts her love affairs, her uh, relationship with her neighbor and her sister, Angela, and her struggles of 
dealing with her estranged son, Fernando, and she confronts her deep, darkest secrets and regrets. This book, yo. So my question for you is, mm-hmm. is it because we know Kara in our own lives that we find this normal? <laughs> Or you know, or I was thinking not? the same thing because I have like <laughs> she was like a combination of some of my aunts and like some of the people that I know yes. in my life that I'm not gonna say because that'll just I like, know. You know I know exactly but what you mean <laughs> maybe maybe because to me she is problematic and some of the actions that she takes like with her son and her family they are so wrong but I've lived through moments of that nature with my own family and like my right. grandma and my right. aunts and like I see her and that's that's a testament to Angie Cruz that she's so awesome and talented that Kara like jumped off the page for me like I I knew her you yeah. know what I mean um and you know it's so funny because I was making excuses for for Kara as well I was just like yeah I was like this is normal she's gonna do that because she's this, this is normal what are you talking about but and it talks about like how much we need to instill like change and like generational yes. traumas and stuff like that. Like it's not okay that some of the things that she's done, oh, and yeah. it doesn't excuse her behavior just because we've seen it, just because we're used to it, I you know? know. But I think that there's so many points that could be explored through this, and just two hundred pages I know. of like phenomenal work that <sighs> Angie Cruz did. It's just like she is such the talent. <laughs> I, yeah, love I love her. I love her. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's my only last thread. <laughs> now let, let's okay. listen to Shanice so, for 10 minutes. <laughs> so, um, let me tell you something, right? Mm-hmm. So remember how I was like, oh, next episode, I'll be caught up with my all my last reads. Mm-hmm. Well, I was fucking lying. <laughs> so I'm only gonna, I was, I'm only going to go through three books because I just don't have the energy to go through more of the books that I, but um, what, how read. many have you so, read? Like, Can you give us a number? Okay. So. I'm gonna tell you the number. Okay. Hold on. So, like, c- counting these books that I've re- I've um I've I've done. Yeah. Hold on. I gotta go down. I'm holding on to my seat. <laughs> so I've read ten. I'm ten books behind on like how many books that I've like I've um. Okay. Yeah, ten books. So I'm only gonna talk about three of them. Mm-hmm. So I read um Seven Days in June by Tia Williams, and this book was. The book that Julissa didn't Julissa didn't pick up for me, um, and I was I said in the book battles episode I'm glad that she didn't pick it for me mm-hmm. to read, which shows that she just knows my taste. And I did enjoy this book. It just wasn't I, I just wasn't as obsessed as V. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the concept was amazing. Like imagine writers who are writing to each other through books for years. Like it was such a fantastic like concept. So, so romantic. I will give her that, and it was really well written and. It was romantic, yeah, and like you know, it was a it was a second chance. I love as well, mm-hmm. like you know, you meet somebody who's like really, um, you guys are both not ready for each other, and then you guys like you mm-hmm. know so happily like come back together. It's, it's beautiful. Like, I do love books like yeah. that, so I thought it was really good. I just had to get out of outside of my own head, mm-hmm. and then um, the next book that I read was called okay, so it's Devon and Chris plan a wedding, the perfect beach read. Shanicia H uh, C Wit Heggings. Mm. So um, this was a reality TV show with Black and Afro Latinx um, Latina main characters. And as we know, I kind of have a thing for reality TV books. So it was such a cute read, and it was like a quick, fast read. It was really good though. Mm. Now, 
the last book that I'm saying on this podcast, <laughs> um, that is my last read, is called Crossfire, A Litany for Survival by Stacey Anchin. Takako asked that I go into a deeper view, review, which I'm happy to oblige. So these poems were from 1998 to 2019. And even though she's had chapbooks, and just quickly, I don't think I've ever covered what chapbooks are, but they are self-published, most likely pu- uh, papered um, books. Um, usually poets will carry them on tour with them if they don't have a book yet, or if they do, um, that's how I would get all my poetry from traveling poets. And it's more personal to me because I have a bunch of signed chat books till this day. Like I have one from Donna Smith, like, Mm. you know, I have, I have books from like, from poets who are like really big now and I have like their chat books which it's just like it's you know it's just really personable like you know you get to meet them and like meet them before they you know get famous and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. anyway this book had a massive amount of poetry and it covered themes of feminism immigration positive sex abortion and so much more it's amazing to get such a huge range of poems from so many years because you see how much things have changed but also how much we haven't changed like in 2022 did you think we'd be still fighting for abortion rights or Mm -hmm. Be afraid that gay and interracial um, interracial marriage will be overturned. No, obviously not. Obviously not. <laughs> um, this poems on nine eleven, and th- and these poem um and this poem uh this is a very trigger warning to rape, but it's called words like rape. And then this mm. is a short quote. It says, "In short, good verse cannot survive the violence or named horror." End quote. We hit these top. We hit topics of these issues that we don't like to talk about. Um, Take Back a Night is another poem that I thought was like excellent goes on to like it covers the theme of rape. Um, I think Stacey Anchin was the first poet that at such a young age when I was introduced to poetry made me inspired to never apologize for having a vagina or being a woman or being comfortable in my womanness even if it didn't fit the standard and trying to continuously do the break the work to break down that barrier. And one thing you're going to get from Stacey Anchin are poems that are very in your face. She is a more of a revolutionary poet reminds me of Nikki Giovanni um you're gonna have poems poets that cover different themes and Chin usually is more on the political side of poetry um she's not gonna be afraid to have a poem entitled not my president and then obliterate him using fantastic wordplay and like who is she talking about is she talking about Bush or is she talking about Trump (laughs) who the fuck knows you know they can be you know because like you know you have like obviously I know because I read the poem but like you can you it, it you know not my president and in the years that she was writing these poems, like, covers both of them, you know? Mm. So, um, all of her poems are b- beautifully written, and when you look at it, you see so much wordplay, um, through the yelling. Uh, she is beautifully bold and hasn't changed when she takes down issues. Um, she has, she also has, like, a technical freedom. She's not afraid to take chances in poems that I don't normally see being taken in, and not in metaphor, like, form. I'm saying, like, she's gonna curse you out, and I would hate to be on the receiving end of any poem that she writes, but it's not done haphazardly, which is why I call it a technical freedom. Wow. Takako, pick up this book. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I have to have that in the shop. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Very cool. It's really good. Um, All right. So current reads. I am still reading the book that I mentioned in the last episode. So I'm reading Vow of Thieves. How are you liking it? Um, Okay. So Vow of Thieves by Mary E. Pearson is book two in the Dance of Thieves duology. And this is what's happening. I have Mm -hmm. old lady brain. (laughs) I should have read this straight out of finishing the first book because I'm 50% in. I should know who these people are. I have no idea. 
so I'm reading it just for the journey and like I like her writing because it feels like, you know, you're on the edge of your seat. It's a fantasy. There is a lot of fighting and blah, blah, blah. But I, out of the main characters, I have no idea who anyone else is. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's a journey for me. It's a journey. Um, but yeah, I'm liking it. Does it need a duology, like a second book? No, I really enjoy the first book as a, at its own, you know, as a standalone, but... Um, as a reminder, it's about Cassie and Jace and, you know, they were in love at the end of book one and in book two, they get separated and they have to fight their way to be back together. And it's very, you know, it's a young adult fantasy. So what can you expect? They're going to end up together. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I just, I have no recollection and I, I feel so bad. (laughs) So bad. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to move on, but I'm almost done. So hopefully right. soon. What about you? What are you reading? Okay. So um, right now I'm reading one book, but I'm about to start another book as well. Because, you know, I always, po- I always like pair poetry and um, and novels. So I have a poet poem poetry book that I'm reading. It's called Border Vista. I'm still reading it by Annie Lou. And um, it, 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 it intimately narrates the experience of being undocumented or precautiously documented in America in poems that consider migration as an ongoing process rather than a finite embed. Annie Lou writes exquisitely on fear, useful and paranoid and agency, loneliness and the way of violence of the carceral state shapes out most intimate relationships to each other and to the land. And I'm just enjoying the poem. Like it's really good. So the poetry book, Mm. um, it's really good. And, um, you know, I don't know. I don't have much to say about it right now. I just, I just feel like a lot of the poetry books that I've read this year are just so fucking good. Mm. Like that's it, <laughs> you know. Nice. Um, for the novel, before I start reading Latinx, like in quote unquote for Latinx mm-hmm. month, you know, um, I'm reading Our Missing Hearts by Celeste Ng, my girl who seriously crushed my soul on Little Fires Everywhere. So this book comes out next month, ten four, and I'm so excited to crack this one open. So, just quickly, 12-year-old Bird Gardner lives a quiet existence with his loving but broken father, a former linguist linguist who now shelves books in Harvard University's library. <laughs> Bird knows not to ask too many questions, stand out too much, or stray too far. For a decade, their lives had been governed by laws written to preserve, quote-unquote, American culture in the wake of years of economic instability and violence to keep the peace and restore prosperity the authorities are now allowed to relocate children of descendants especially those of asian origin and libraries have been forced to remove books seen as unpatriotic including the work of bird's mother margaret a chinese american poet who left a family when he was nine years old Bird has grown up disavowing his mother and her poems. He doesn't know her work or what happened to her, and he knows he shouldn't wonder. But when he receives a mysterious letter containing only a cryptic drawing, a um, he is drawn into a quest to find her. His journey through the ranks of an underground network of librarians into the lives of children who have been taken, and finally to New York City, where a new act of defiance may be beginning of much-needed change. Our, our Missing Hearts is an old story made new of the ways supposedly civilized communities can ignore the most searing injustice. It's a story about the power and limitations of art to create change, the lessons and legacies we pass on to our 
children and how any of us can survive a broken world with our hearts intact. Bitch, I am ready to read this book. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so ready. I love her. I feel like it's going to be character driven, just like our uh, fires, little fires everywhere. So I'm excited. I'm excited for you. I thought we were going to buddy, buddy read oh. this, but whatever. Go ahead. Oh, are we? I thought we were, up. but I guess not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know. Wait, I cannot read this book. Whatever. Um, anyway. I'm so sorry. I th- when are we going to buddy read it, though? Because Latinx Heritage Month is right here. Yeah, so like, I'm not reading that. I'm not read reading it. that this month. But you can go ahead. It's okay. <laughs> oh, Vina, you're making me feel bad. That fucking Latinx guilt. <laughs> right there listen listen honey my pile of books is staring at me i i cannot i cannot add that to my pile (laughs) i actually uh, wait yeah but it comes out next month i know but i can't i can't get to it so you're not gonna read it huh why not what do you mean because of my latinx pile i need to read these books yeah i know I have to read this book in like three days. <laughs> Our missing heart. I don't want to rush it. I want to savor this book. So, damn. Go ahead. Now you got me thinking. Like, should I read it? <laughs> it's up to you, honey. It's up to you. No, you got me fucked up. <laughs> anyway, the meat of this episode is our TBR pile for Latinx Heritage Month. Um, so this very cool account called latinx read Two, which you all should follow on instagram created a readathon that i hope i can participate in but i don't know i read really slowly guys um i was considering as i was walking luna today that i should wake up like an hour earlier just to read <laughs> because i want i want to be part of this readathon so badly um but yes go follow them latinx so you don't do that read too. i used to but now i feel so tired all the time that i i've stopped doing that um okay so the prompts for this readathon are so the first prompt for the readathon is a book with a Latinx female main character. So this is very easy for me because I usually read female main characters. <laughs> so right. looking at my pile right now, it could be any of them except one. So I'm just going to pick um, The Girls in Queens by Christine Candic Torres. Now, if you guys have been listening okay. for a while, I've been saying I'm going to read this book <laughs> every month. <laughs> but now i really have to probably as long as i said probably as long as i said as um i'm gonna read dominicana like that's how long yeah been trying yeah to read this book. oh i hope that's part of your tbr even longer i how? hope that's part of your tbr for latin next month don't worry about what's up <laughs> on my TBR. Um, so I'm, I have to read this book because we're hosting her on the 28th at the shop. And I want to be able to tell her like what I think about it. Um, okay, so this book is a coming-of-age debut novel about two Latina women growing up in Queens. And it's in the spirit of Angie Cruz Dominicana and Sally Rooney's conversations with friends. So... Again, I've mentioned this book a million times, <laughs> and I've read the back a million times, so that's all you get. That's all you get. I, so, like, all in all, I have 11 books on my TBR, and I have books that we've already talked about on this podcast, um, from Angie Cruz to Sylvia Morena, uh, Morena Garcia, Julia Alvarez, Serena, um, Sonora Rea. So, I wanted to pick books in this podcast that we haven't talked about yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but they will all get talked about eventually when I read them. <laughs> Duh. Okay, so the first book, this one is categorized as 
You know what? Actually, I'll go from category as Vina, which is this a book with a Latinx female main character. And this is The Hacienda by Isabel Ganas. Mm. Um, so this is... Uh, in the overthrow of the Mexican government, Beatrice's father is executed and her home is destroyed when handsome Don Rodolfo proposes. Beatrice ignores the rumors surrounding his first wife's sudden demise, choosing instead to seize the security of his estate in the countryside provides, and she will have her own home again no matter the cost. So this is said to be... Um, it's described as Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Morena Garcia, mm-hmm. and which I've read, and Rebecca, which I was recommended to read. So we'll nice. see how this this goes. Okay. Yes. All right. The next category of the readathon is a series book by a Latinx author, and I am so excited that I have actually have a book in mind. Um, so it's gonna be Here to Stay by Adriana Herrera. This is book one of her. I don't know what the series is called, but I have book one and book two, so I want to get around to it. The okay. Here to Stay is about Julia del Mar Ortiz. Uh, she moves to Dallas with her boyfriend who ended up ditching her and running back to New York after only a few weeks. Left with a massive mm. apartment and a car lease in the Texas heat, Julia is struggling, except that's not completely true. Running the char- charitable foundation of one of the most iconic high fashion department stores in the world is serious hashtag life goals. I love when they use hashtags. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> the only monkey wrench. That's so f- Oh, my gosh. She's hilarious. Okay. The only monkey wrench in Julia's plans is the blue eyed smart mouth consultant the store hired to take them public this is the issue with this book so um the main hero this is a romance by the way is called Rocco mm-hmm. Quinn <laughs> Rocco oh, spelled as the name of my brother's <laughs> dog who I adore so I'm gonna be thinking about <laughs> Rocco as I read the human this. version of Rocco I know that's kind of weird though um so yeah, yeah that's that's book one and book two comes out uh october 11th and it's on the hustle and i hope to read both but i'm not gonna overpromise myself because i know i can i can be a little crazy when i say these things how many books do you have in your tbr as a whole um right now i have five six six okay yeah that's a lot i know i'm only gonna read like <laughs> let me let me not, not not be hard on myself i'm gonna try i'm gonna try yeah try yeah. I, don't, I don't know if i'll read all 11 books to be honest true they will be read this year let's say that yeah exactly yeah. if they're not read this month we and which is always something that i say always read latinx don't just read it just because yeah of course Ugh. absolutely latinx heritage month yeah all right exactly. uh you're next one a book with at least one color of your country's flag and this poem, I mean, this is a poetry book called Golden Axe by Rio Cortez. She is an afro Wait, which Puerto flag Rican. are you using for this? Are you using both or one? I could use both, shit. Like, they're both red and, black <laughs> and blue. <laughs> there um, you go. So, and I never try, I tr- always try to, like, be equal with my heritage, with my cult, with my ethnicities. Like, I never try to do one because it's a lot of bad blood there. Anyway, so, um... Poetry, Golden Axe by Rio Cortez. Um, she's an Afro-Puerto Rican poet, which maybe because she's Puerto Rican, maybe I'll just use the Puerto Rican flag for this. 
Um, I picked this up at Atticus Bookshop in Connecticut, and I was memorized by the cover, and of course the poem it landed on. I made Vina read it, and she was like, yo, you know? So, from a visionary writer praised by her um, captivating work on Black history and experience comes a poetry collection exploring personal, political, and artistic frontiers, journeying her family's art history as Afro-pioneers in the American West to shimmering glimpses of transcend transcendent, liberated futures. So, I'm really excited to pick up this book nice yes, okay next up is read or reread a classic book by a latinx author now for this mm. one i'm going to read in the time of the butterflies by julia yeah i've owned this book i know <laughs> i've owned this book forever like the store that i bought it from closed down like that's how long it's been um so i know so it is this is a quick summary of it it is november 25 1960 and three beautiful sisters have been found near their wrecked jeep at the bottom of a foot cliff on the north coast of the dominican republic the official state newspaper reports their death as accidental wow this is so interesting this, oh okay uh, <laughs> i'm like realizing who these are um it does not mention that a fourth sister lives nor does it explain that the sisters were among the leading opponents of trujillo's dictatorship it doesn't have to. Everybody knows of Las Mariposas, the butterflies. Oh my God! Why haven't I read this yet? You should have. You should have smacked know. me with this book. Yeah, that I sounds should've. amazing. Did you not I know this was this. a real thing? No, I knew. I just. I always like. I'm like. Oh, I'll. I'll put it off and read it later. I need to. Wait, read it did now. you watch the movie? No, I have not. You should watch the movie after this. My third book is um, Latinx LGBT main character, which was not hard for me because, um, you know, I like reading LGBT. Um, it's called Match Your Love International to Love Romance 2 be by Johanna Gomez. And this one is an internet friendship becomes so much more in this light-hearted lesbian sports romance. And this is like about tennis. And I was just like, okay... Um, I read one book on tennis. I guess I'm a tennis star now. I can read another book on tennis. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I'm going to go off the same category. So a book with a LGBTQ main character for me is going to be The Town of Babylon by Alejandro Varela. This is my only male author. Way to wow. go. Wow. <laughs> okay. I know. Um, so this one is an intimate portrait of queer, racial, and class identity, a call to reevaluate re the ties of bonds and the systems in which they are forged. I, it's a way longer description, but I've read the description a million times too. <laughs> so yeah, okay. I've talked about this book before on the pod, but um, yeah, we're also going to be hosting him with uh, Christine on the 28th. So I have to read that. Yo, I nice. feel so much anxiety thinking of all the books I need to read. <laughs> Don't feel it. Just Does do anyone it. feel anxious? I feel so anxious. Just do okay. it. Yeah. Um, all right. What's next? Well, that was all the books I had that I uh, highlighted. But, oh. Okay. You know. Um, I so, have other I'm going to ask the, our listeners for help. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to use some of these books twice on the, on the bingo card okay. so for example uh, a book that was originally in Spanish and translated into English I'm going to use in the time of the butterflies because I'm 90% sure that was in Spanish first um, and then book with at least one color of your country's flag in the cover I'm going to use um, one of the Ad Adriana Herrera books which has blue and the Dominican flag has blue 
Um, a book that's been on your TBR for over a year. Again, it's going to be Julia Alvarez, in the Time of the Butterflies. And a book that has been recommended to you over and over again, also in the Time of the Butterflies. <laughs> but there's two categories that I can't pin down, and I need the listeners to help me. So I need a book with a Latin American country in the title. That's going to be tough. Or maybe not. You guys let me know. And then a book that is based on your favorite city. Everyone go to Latinx Read 2 to see the readathon card. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a bunch of books that you haven't mentioned. Do you want to tell us what is the rest of your TBR? Oh, yeah, I'll tell them. Uh, okay, so I have... Um, first of all, my first priority is to fucking read Dominicana by A.G. Cruz. Like, that's going to be the Thank first you. book that I read because, like, I have to read it. Um, if not, mm-hmm. it's going to be Certain Dark Things by Sylvia Morena Garcia, Moreno Garcia, which I'm picking up tomorrow. Bought bunch, I got a bunch of books from the library. So um, my next nice. book is Match Your Love, International to Love Romance. Oh, I said that already. Um, the Lesbiana's Guide to Catholic School by Sonora Reyes. Um, the Lost mm-hmm. Dreamer by Liz um, Hureta. The Hurting Kind by Adia Lamon. For Brown Girls with Sharp Edges and Tender Hearts by Brisk. Riska Dorques Moha, uh, Before I Let Go by Julie, Ju- Julia Alvarez, and Big She Guys Don't Cry by Annette Chavez Macias. Mm. I feel like I'm forgetting a book. I think I might have 12 books on my TBR. Hmm. Oh, I forgot a book too. Um, I want to read a poetry book by Sandra Cisneros, Women, with- Women Without Shame. But that- again, that one does. That's the book that you were missing. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but I don't. I don't think it fits into any of the categories. I could be wrong. Oh, I was just reading Latin next book, and then also Bodega yeah. Dreams by Ernesto Quinones. Cast, um, let me borrow it. That's not going to be the only one written by a guy. Gotcha. Okay, so let us know if you also are making a Latin next TBR pile. We want to know what you're reading. Um, and I think the next one, hopefully we have read at least one of these books. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm pro- making a lot of promises, but we'll see. Yeah. I think for the next few episodes, um, while we're in Latinx Heritage Month that I'm going to be, um, focusing more on the books that I've read that are Latinx Heritage, unless that you guys wanted, um, any books that I've read. Um, if you want me to do any of the, um, of, uh. A, a review on it I think that I'm just gonna skip it and only do Latinx um the Latinx books that are, that are my last reads um yeah. if you guys want me to do any of the other books just let me know I have them well, let me see mm. I'll just name them quickly if you guys have one that's you're interested in me um doing a deep dive in I will do it so um the last few the, so these are the rest of the books um Citizen Illegal by Jose Alvarez of Al- Alvarez which I will do next episode. I will do that one. Um, Carrie Soto's mm-hmm. Back by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Meet Me in Madrid by Verity Lowell. How Not to Drown in a Glass of Water by Angie Cruz. I might do that one. Um, Snow White Ever After by Jeanette Rose and uh, Alice Castillo. Um, Embracing the Moon by Je- um, Janine Leaf. And then um, Perfect on Paper by Sophie Gonzalez. So I think that I will do Citizen Illegal and How to Not to Drown in a Glass of Water. But if you guys want any of the other books, just let me know. 
Sounds good. And before we close off the episode, we were selected for the Latinx Bookstagram tour, which is led by Lupita Reads, who if you don't know, Woo-hoo. please follow her. She is amazing. Uh, yeah, so if look I had out the for air her post. I'll be like burm, 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 burm. <laughs> <laughs> If we could do so the air horns. Oh, that would be great. Um, <laughs> but yes, look out for our posts. We are scheduled to be on the tour on October 10, 6th. 6th. Yes. So basically, it's a bunch of Latinx Instagram accounts. They're going to make a dedicated post under the hashtag Latinx Bookstagram Tour. So follow that hashtag and give us some love on the 6th. And yes. thank you, Lupita, for choosing us. It feels so special. <laughs> thank you so much. She's awesome. Thank you for listening, everyone. And we'll see you or listen to you. What? Hear you very soon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Next episode. Look out for it. It's going to be a very special episode next episode. So look out for it, okay? It is the beginning of a chapter (laughs) for us. So I'm excited. Okay, bye. Bye.